Today is the third Sunday of Lent, and as you have started to figure out by now, Lent is more than the stuff we find in the dryer, Lent is more than the purple hangings in church, and Lent is more than just a countdown to the roaring celebration that is Easter. What Lent is supposed to be, and I can take you back century after century after century and show you the evidence, if you will, but what Lent is supposed to be is the church's yearly invitation for you and for me to get into shape spiritually. The church's yearly invitation for you, not somebody else in this room, but for you to grow in faith. It's the church's yearly invitation to pray more intensely during the 40 days of Lent, to give to those in need, to fast. It's the church's yearly invitation to consider the big questions of life. Heaven, hell, life, death, meaning, relationships. And the Lenten question is, what are you doing with the remaining time that you have here on planet Earth? What changes do you need to make in your life? Painful or joyful? Those are Lenten sort of questions. Now in today's Gospel reading from Luke chapter 13, Jesus gives a skin-tearing message. If you are not squirming during the reading of that Gospel, perhaps you will squirm a bit more when I read to you just the first part of it a second time. Jesus says, Do you think that those Galileans were worse sinners than other people from Galilee? Is that why they suffered? Not at all. And you will also perish unless you turn from your evil ways and turn to God. And what about the 18 men who died when the Tower of Solomon fell on them? Were they the worst sinners in Jerusalem? No. And I tell you again that unless you repent you will also perish. If that passage makes you uncomfortable, raise your hand. It is an uncomfortable passage. Jesus, this is not nice guy Jesus. This is not Jesus with the little lambs, with the children that we're all used to hearing about. This is Jesus saying, repent or die. This is Jesus telling how it is. This is Jesus sharing a painful truth. And Jesus' original listeners, the Israelis in the first century, will also be uncomfortable with these words. One of the reasons they were uncomfortable is that Jesus was saying, Hey folks, look, if you think you're better than the people who experienced these recent calamities, the government killing a bunch of people and a tower falling on people, Jesus says, think again. Now I don't think that idea is probably particularly troublesome for you and I today. I think we all understand that you and I are no more deserving of life than people killed in natural disasters and terrorist attacks. But the part of the passage that does make us uncomfortable is Jesus' words in Luke 13, verse 5. But I tell you, unless you repent, you will also perish. I don't think you're going to see that in front of a Hallmark card. There was a painter by the name of Jacques, and uh, Jacques used to save money on his jobs by thinning his paint. 
And so one day, the Anglican Church and his community finally decided to make good on some deferred maintenance. So they put out the word, the bids came in, Jock, because of how he cut costs, was able to get the lowest bid, and he got the job. And using turpentine, he thinned the paint down real good, like he always did. Well, one day, he was on the outside of the uh, church, just about finishing up the job. When a thunderous clap roared from the heavens and the skies opened up and rain poured down and removed all of that thin paint from the side of the church. And a gust of wind came and knocked Jock down to the ground. And he found himself surrounded by gravestones and puddles of useless thin paint. Now Jock was not a disciple of Jesus. Jock was not particularly a churchgoer either. But he knew enough to figure out that this was a warning from the Almighty. So he got on his knees. He said, oh God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Tell me, what, what, what should I do? The voice spoke from on high and said, repaint. <laughs> repaint. <laughs> and thin no more. <laughs> I have warned you before about bad jokes. <laughs> That's a bad joke. But Jesus' words here are no joke. They are red-letter words from Jesus. Jesus could not get any more in your face or mine. He could not get any more serious. He is saying, repent or perish. So we better know what repentance is, because according to Jesus, if we don't know what that is, we perish. So what is repentance? It's a basic Christian concept. We've all been in church a long time. Repentance is admitting your sin. I did this. I messed up. Confessing it to the Lord. And with God's help, striving not to do that again and making amends where possible. So repentance is admitting your sin. Your mistake, yeah, repentance. Confessing it to the Lord and with God's help, striving not to do that again and seeking to make amends. Which may mean saying you're sorry to someone. In the original biblical language, in the Hebrew, the word repentance literally means to stop and make a 180-degree degree turn. So the idea is your life is going in one direction. You're doing one pattern of behaviors. You're doing one set of habits with God's help. You stop, you repent, you turn. And you head in a different direction in your life. New habits, new patterns of behavior. That's repentance. Christianity 101. What do you need to repent of? What moral or ethical surgery do you need in your life? Is there a particular vice or behavior pattern or something that you've been struggling with? Maybe you just started struggling with. Maybe you gave up struggling a long time ago. Disciples repent. Churchgoers, not necessarily. Repentance, remember, is the 100 degree 80 turn, embracing a new life. Now, if you're sitting there thinking that you don't need to repent, that you're fine and dandy, you need a bigger magnifying lens. If you think you're perfect, just ask your friends. If you're brave and you're married, ask your spouse. If you think you don't need to repent, review the Ten Commandments and Jesus' commentary on them in Matthew chapter 5, 
through chapter 7, which is known as the Sermon on the Mount. If you're sitting there going, well, no, I know I'm not perfect, I know that. I have flaws, everybody has flaws. But really, generally, I'm a good person. Okay. But answer these questions honestly about yourself. Would people describe you as a person who loves God and loves neighbor? If I were to poll the people who know you and see you most often. Would people describe you as someone who is slow to anger and quick to kindness? Would people describe you as someone who adds joy to the world or someone who removes joy from the world? That reminds me of the Groucho Marx story. Groucho Marx, great comedian, early, middle 20th century, Marx Brothers. Groucho Marx was going into a building, he went into an elevator, and there was a priest there. I don't know if it was an Anglican or a Roman Catholic priest, but anyway. So he goes into the elevator, and the priest says, Sir, are you Groucho Marx? And Marx says, Yes, I am. And the priest said, Well, I just want to thank you, Mr. Marx, for all of the laughter that you have brought into the world. And Groucho Marx immediately said, Well, I just wanted to thank you, Father, for all the laughter you removed from the world. <laughs> little commentary on religion there. But back to the topic at hand. Disciples repent. Repeat after me. Disciples repent. Disciples repent. Remember church doors? Not necessarily. Disciples repent because they have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They know that goes with being a Christian. Repentance and being Christian go hand in hand. Disciples repent because they've chosen to follow God toward the promised land in their lives. Disciples repent because they are very aware, all too aware of their mistakes and of their failures and of their sins. They know. They see the perfectness, the loveliness, the holiness of God and look at themselves and they realize that they fall short. Disciples repent because they know they don't fully love God and fully love their neighbors. Disciples seek to let go with God's help of destructive habits and embrace discipleship habits. We talked about the six marks of discipleship last Sunday. They are worship weekly, pray daily, read the Bible daily, serving your local church and beyond, relate with others and build spiritual friendships, and give generously. So, what do you think your spiritual homework is going to be for this week? It's very simple. What do you think? Repent. Repent. Lent is a season of repentance. That's why it starts with ashes of repentance. That's why the readings focus on repentance. Lent is a season where you and I are to pop the hoods of our hearts and allow the Spirit of God, that divine mechanic, to take his wrench and kind of work our engines over for the good. Here's a little bonus. A little bonus. You can't repent alone. Repeat after me. You can't repent alone. You can't repent alone. Uh, sadly, 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 this is a truth that people in recovery programs like AA and so forth understand far better than Christians. That's a tragedy. Don't wimp out by trying to repent by yourself. Or without God's help, or without the help of other people. At minimum, repentance requires God and your efforts. But usually for repentance to take root for the serious things that we all wrestle with at different times, it also takes the help of other people. And that's the part where sometimes it's hard, because we've got to fess up to another face 
So, I leave you with the words of Jesus, because Jesus will have the last word anyway. So, I'll let him have it this time. Luke chapter 13, verse 5. But I tell you, unless you repent, you will also perish just as they did. Amen.